0: The Forum at Eight on SAFM. Many thanks uh, to Rob Ben. Now on the Forum at Eight, uh, we're going to be asking the question, why do South African youth avoid taking menial jobs? Senior ANC members uh, have warned uh, that there is a growing trend by young unemployed and unskilled uh, youth of South Africa of rejecting labour-intensive uh, jobs. Um, the the Secretary-General is quoted as saying that uh, the young are deliberately refusing to take up what they consider dangerous, dirty and uh, difficult jobs. But a senior political reporter, Mathias Garland, reports, economists say government policies are a contributing factor. The SG. was, was uh, trying to get somebody to go and help him on his farm. He's got a l- small little plot of a farm in the eastern Cape, and he stops in town. he sees this young man. This young man is holding a placard of some sort. He, he, he wants a job. The SG. says to him, "Why don't you jump at the back of my bucky? I'll take you to the farm to go and do some work." And this guy turned around, watch <laughs> how So here is a young person, he wants a job, but he does not want to go and
1: do a dirty job.
2: Anecdotal perhaps from ANC Deputy President Cyril Ramaphosa, but it appears it is becoming an all too common talk in South Africa. Ramaphosa says our youth don't want dirty and demeaning jobs Rather, they want to wear a suit to work Young unemployed people with no skills But still choosy about the type of job they want The high unemployment rate is described as a ticking time bomb Estimated at 25.6% And zooming in amongst the youth It is estimated that more than half are searching for jobs ANC Secretary General Gwede Mantashe Has in recent weeks warned against this phenomenon
1: Quite an important issue where we behave as if we are a developed economy, where there is a, is a country of the plenty, where we think that the difficult, dirty and dangerous jobs must be given to foreigners. We must do jobs that
2: are clean, nice. And highly paid. The dirty, dangerous and difficult jobs, Mantasha says, are in industries that have the potential to absorb high numbers of workers. This include agriculture, manufacturing and hospitality. Mantasha went further to say they have warned their ally Kosatu against demanding too high salaries in some of these industries.
1: If you go to developed economies, you'll find that every economy will have sectors that can be characterized as high skill, high earnings. The regulation is high, the skills demand is high, but there will also be sectors that are labour intensive, sometimes the, the wages don't look so high, but they are necessary for the economy because they absorb a big number of, of, of workers. And we tried to have a debate that we never exhausted, whether that is a two-tier labour market system. And we said it is not, that's how the economy behaves.
2: NUM's Franz Baleni says they have noticed the phenomenon in the mining and construction sectors, especially in border towns. He says South Africans see the hard labour jobs as beneath them.
3: There's a tendency where people want to get a good salary, at the same time uh, not matching qualification of the good salary, or they would have expectation to be more smart and in, in clean rather than to be, to be dirty. Sort of you know, type of um, They can't be seen to be wearing overalls.
2: Labor analyst Lone Sharp of AdCorp agrees with Mantashe that foreigners are increasingly doing the low-skill, low-paying jobs. He says it is not listed companies hiring the foreigners, but the small and medium enterprises that create jobs that are choosing them. However, he says Mantashe has misdiagnosed the cause. He blames the phenomenon on government policies.
4: South African workers are prevented by minimum wage laws to work below the minimum wage. The second reason is that social grants have had an unintended effect by making people reluctant to look for work, especially if the only work available is low-paid, unskilled work.
2: Sharp asks why so many Zimbabweans can find jobs here and South Africans cannot be absorbed in the job market. However, some unions say South African employers are taking advantage of vulnerable economic migrants desperate to put food on their tables back home. Pinky Mashiane from Domestic Workers Union, Sao does not agree that more foreigners are taking up domestic work because South Africans don't want to do it.
5: Most of the employers who employ foreign workers they don't want to register them. They don't want to comply with the law. They know that they can hire and fire them as they want to, and the workers won't go to CCMA to open cases for the employers. We need the foreign w- workers in the union so that we can fight for one thing. If they say the minimum wage is 1740 they mustn't take anything less than that. That's the reason that they take them. They can pay them 1000 right a month. That's below the
2: minimum wage. It is not clear if the number of unskilled workers seeking permits has increased or not. The Department of Home Affairs says it will release the latest figures in due course.
0: And that report uh, by our senior political reporter, Masat Galins, and uh, on this uh, on the forum this morning, we asking why do South African youth uh, avoid uh, taking menial jobs? The NC's. Um, Secretary General Gwede Mantashe is uh, on the line Uh, Good morning to you and thank you for joining us We're going to start off with you because you have uh, limited time And thank you very much uh, for joining us Uh, Firstly, what informed your comment uh, on this uh, trend that you are noticing amongst the youth?
6: First of all, uh, if I I get cut, your team must face me again and I'm travelling to work now (coughs) The, The reality of the matter like is we are trying to encourage people to go to jobs uh Our argument is that the biggest problem that we are having is high unemployment and inequality and uh, poverty uh, are actually for, to a great extent a function of high levels of unemployment and therefore to be choosy about jobs we take uh contribute to the high unemployment. And our observation is that uh, young South Africans uh, are very choosy. They don't like uh, difficult, dirty, and dangerous jobs, and would prefer. And those jobs are, are taken up by foreign workers. That's why you find out that, for example, in farms, you find a lot of foreign workers all of a sudden. And if you go to the hospitality industry again, you find a big contingent of foreign workers because South Africans can't wait in a, in a sector which is highly dependent uh, dependent on tips uh, instead of uh, a basic minimum wage. And that is contributing to the unemployment. Our, our argument is that let's try to encourage as many young people as possible to take up these jobs because some of these industries, like agriculture, for example, are industries of the future. That's where we're going to be moving to if we're going to sustain food security and food production in the country. But they are not attractive jobs, and therefore, we can't behave as if we are in Europe, where you find that in Europe, uh, difficult, dirty, and dangerous jobs are left to foreigners, who are beginning to move to that direction, and that is our practical experience on the ground.
0: Are there no underlying causes, though, to this growing trend? Issues like uh, exploitation issues like uh, working conditions, and sometimes no job security, even though you might go into that sector.
6: Can, can I tell you, uh, I, uh, when, I, when I came to the mines many decades ago, the first thing I saw was that I came on a dangerous, uh, uh, on a contract to underground, which was a uh, dirty, dangerous, and difficult job. And I had to maneuver my way out there. But one of the things that is important is that when we talk about conditions in the workplace, I find this debate uh, short of including the role of trade unions because organized workers do better. Organ- workers who are not organized cannot change the sector. And when they cannot change the sector, you find all the time that instead of organizing them, we think that government stand out there and raise the money all the time. And I, I, I we have been talking to the trade union said if you look into the trade union density in a in a country like Australia, at one point it was seventy five percent, it is today below twenty percent because once the Labour Party took the termination of wages out of the hands of the union, workers couldn't relate to trade unions.
0: Should the focus be only on those uh, that uh, are reluctant uh, to take these jobs, so or should we also look at potential employers and what their practices are?
6: We should look in the whole, uh, in the, in the whole uh, chain, uh, like look at the workers, look at the people who are potential employers, and assist where we can. That's why we have put up the question of the youth employment support schemes, because that incentive scheme should not be just a a wage subsidy. It should be a support scheme which is intended to support workers and employers to get as many people as possible to the workplace, and that is what we should be focusing on.
0: I'm asking all of these questions, sir, because uh, earlier in the year we had uh, the forum at uh, eight, and what we were talking about uh, was a particular sector, the call center uh, sector, where People felt uh, that, uh, you know, even though they might be graduates, it's uh, one of those uh, jobs that they go to, but the conditions there when it comes to the contracts, they could be fired at any time. There is no job security and that uh, the hours are long and that uh, they are not being treated as they should be.
6: No, no. if you take uh, the latest amendment of the labor legislation, uh, it does two things that we never talk. That uh, development gets lost. The debate about the word ban, labor brokers, is that, that if you take it where it is now, says no employer must have a worker in the workplace as a temporary worker for three months. Uh, beyond three months, that worker should be a permanent worker. And it says, for that three months, that worker must be uh, at the same level of condition as anybody else which is actually dealing with temporary employment and, and uh, the advertisement of workers of a particular category. And I think that is what we should be following through. because in the, law, in the debate that focuses on the word ban, we lose the actual achievement that has been made by uh, workers in the debate of this amendment of the Labour legislation.
0: Your last word uh, then, uh, firstly, to the youth uh, within the range of our voices uh, with regards uh, to uh, these jobs uh, that they see as dirty and dangerous.
6: Actually, when you go to a workplace, one of the things that you can make an advancement is to enter the workplace. I always argue that way because I have done it practically. I'm not theorizing that. It's not a research finding that you enter the workplace. Once you enter the workplace, You open up opportunities from yourself. But if you remain indifferent in the workplace, you remain in the pile. Those who emerge out of that pile are those who are innovative, who are imaginative, who can look broadly and actually take initiative in the workplace. Those make advances quicker.
7: Um, What we should
6: be working on is that as many people as we can must find their way to the workplace.
0: And uh, just uh, to uh, potential employers uh, that uh, might be exploiting the situation that we have uh, a lot of unemployment in the country and therefore uh, they can uh, take advantage of that situation. Come again? What would be your word to uh, potential employers, especially in the private sector, who might be taking advantage of the fact that uh, there is quite uh, a lot of labor labor that is uh, available and therefore they might exploit the situation?
6: And I would advise the employers of South Africa to appreciate the fact that they are part of this society because if they, they don't see themselves that, they are going to see a revolt that can impact on the economy negatively, and the question of yeah. exploiting, say, for a foreign worker, because that worker is illegally and can not ask questions, should be stopped and should be punishable. That's why, for example, when we're talking about beginning to look more careful on our immigration laws, we should strengthen what is in the law already, that you can't give a work permit for a worker where there are available skills in South Africa. Now, so, it will go a long way if we enforce that provision of the law.
0: Secretary General of the NC, Gweta Mantasha, thank you for your time this morning. We're going to continue our discussion, asking the question, why do South African youth avoid taking menial jobs? Catherine Weinbeck is the director and founder of the Fetula Foundation. She's joining us on the line as well as Loan Sharp, uh, a labour economist uh, from Etco, And uh, we'll also be taking your calls 891 104 891 Or you can SMS us, uh, the SMS line 34701, and that will cost you two rent. Or you can email us amlife at sabc.co.za, or even tweet us at amlife on SAFM.
1: Verge Business School Executive Education is offering its first-track leadership development program starting on the 9th of November. This seven-day course for middle managers features intensive coaching to develop authentic leadership skills via action learning and practical application. Program delegates work on their real-world workplace objectives as part of the coaching process, ensuring long-term value to their company. For more information, go to wbs.ac.za forward slash exed or call (laughs) 011-717-3377.
8: The Desmond and Leah Dudu Legacy Foundation and the University of the Western Cape present the third annual Desmond Dudu International Peace Lecture. Tune in to SAFM on Monday, the 7th of October at 7 p.m. with myself, Masichabam Dolo, and special guest speaker, Mr. Kofi Annan, former UN Secretary General and Chairperson of the Elders. This broadcast is made possible by the University of the Western Cape. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. What's the
9: difference between a boardroom and a boldroom? In a boardroom, ideas are presented. In a boldroom, astonishing possibilities leap forward from the brave minds of those who are shaping the future. Cecil Nurse is not just providing furniture. It's providing possibilities. With the widest range of business furniture in stock and ready to go. Visit cnonline.co.za. Cecil Nurse Business Furniture. Your office, delivered. A proudly Bidvest company. The Forum at 8 on SAFM.
0: Why do South African youth uh, avoid uh, taking menial jobs uh, is the question that we're asking on the forum. Catherine Wanbeck is the director and founder of the Fatula Foundation. Good morning to you, Catherine, and thank you for joining us.
5: Good morning, Ike.
0: And also we have uh, Loan Shop, a uh, labor economist from Etco. Good morning, Leon, and uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start off uh, with uh, you, Catherine, and uh, ask you what your response would be to uh, the responses that we had from uh, the NC Secretary-General.
5: I think um, it was a very interesting comment from him, and I'm really delighted that uh, this this topic has been raised. Uh, Youth unemployment is not just a South African problem, it's really a global problem. And I think this uh, perception that the youth have, um, that they that they only want the good jobs, um, uh, the kind of the, the, that the media has uh, has encouraged them to believe that they that they do, um, is one that's really challenging. I think uh, regarding the not wanting to do the dirty, difficult um, uh, jobs, the reason people work is because they want to be rewarded, they want to be recognised and respected. And they also want to feel as though they're building a future. And unfortunately, the jobs as they're portrayed, the youth don't believe that, first of all, those jobs are, are the, have the worst um, income. Um, they're not recognized as, as individuals. They're not kind of respected. They don't, uh, you know, they wouldn't have the um, a suit and sitting behind a desk. And But more, most concerning is that they don't believe that those jobs will get them somewhere Um, there's kind of this perception that that the silver bullet will suddenly suddenly arrive and they'll rather hold back and when that perfect job comes uh, they'll take it and that's the misperception that we need to change.
0: Mm Well, we'll come back uh, and uh, get your views with regards to this because uh, we have very limited job opportunities and uh, there is a mountain sense of despair from uh, what uh, the Secretary General of the NC said. Uh, now, one would expect the unemployed youth of South Africa to be keen to seek alternative or indeed any form of employment, but uh, we'll come back to that. Alone. What's your take uh, on uh, what Gwede uh, uh, had to say?
4: I think he's tapped into uh, a very important development around the globe. Uh, we have a generational change uh, that is sweeping over the world and young people have very different attitudes, not only toward work but towards society and culture in general. And uh, the new generation, so-called Generation Y, um, they have, very specific attitudes. They are concerned with equity in the workplace. They are concerned with uh, being paid on an individualized basis rather than through collective action. So we're observing dramatic changes in the labor market around the world because of these changes in employee attitudes. For example, youth are not joining trade unions to the degree that their parents' generation joined unions. Uh, youth are not participating in strikes uh, when they do have work. Uh, the strike participation rate is now below 4% in South Africa. So I think uh, Mr. Montashi has put his finger on a, a very important worldwide phenomenon that um, many people are still scratching their heads about. We don't know how young people are going to uh, join the workplace with these very new and unusual attitudes.
0: Well let's uh, go back uh, to uh, you Catherine. Uh, Earlier I just mentioned that uh, uh, we have uh, very limited uh, job opportunities and uh, you would expect the unemployed uh, youth, especially those who are unskilled, uh, to seek alternative uh, or any form of employment. Why is it not happening?
5: Um, I think that it's not happening because the youth don't believe that these uh, low paid uh, kind of menial jobs are going to get them anywhere in the future. And I think it's – and that perception is coming about because we're telling the wrong stories. Um, you know, they sit and look on, they look on the news and they see um, success stories, apparently overnight success stories, the people who suddenly landed with tenders or, you know, in, or suddenly landed with big businesses. Um, and, uh, and they don't see the 99% of the case around the world where success is just something that starts small and is built uh, one step at a time. And, um, and, and I think that they, they just don't believe that this job is going to get them anywhere and that they'd rather, they rather step back and, uh, and, and wait, wait for the silver bullet. Um, I think the one thing that maybe concerns me more, though, is, um, is, is this general sense in South Africa that really concerns me as a small business specialist. And that is that is the, there's a kind of pervading sense that business is the baddie. And even in the discussion now with Gwenda Mantashe, you know, the comment was about businesses that are ex- going to exploit or businesses that could exploit the situation. You know, the fact of the matter is that unless business is growing, there is no job creation. So unless a business is healthy and it's growing, there is there are no jobs. So there's a two-sided point to this. First of all, um, businesses need to be able to select uh, in, you know enthusiastic, um, hard-working people. Um, and secondly, the youth, when they come in, they need to see the business not as the baddie, not as the enemy, but actually as the partner in getting getting them them
7: ahead as
0: individuals and in getting the country to head. Uh, Catherine, ahead. I'm going to ask you to hold uh, your thoughts there. Uh, Catherine Weinbeck is the director and founder of the Fatula Foundation, and uh, we're talking about uh, South African youth avoiding taking menial jobs. Uh, Lone Sharp is uh, a labour economist from uh He's also on the line. We'll be taking your calls and also reading your SMSs. But that's uh, after we've had uh, from uh, Vabaksh It's exactly 8:30. Let's update uh, the news Many thanks uh, to Rob Ben Coming up to 25 minutes uh, to 9 And in 25 minutes It will be time for morning talk here on SAFM Hosted by Rowena Bert Good morning to you What can we expect on the show? Hello,
8: before that It's good to be chatting to you after such a long time How are you? Uh,
0: It's wonderful, I'm well, thank you And uh, great to be listening to you on the radio in the morning
8: Oh, wonderful Anyway, this is what's coming up on Morning Talk for today, Ang We'll take a look at an anti-racism colloquium Which is due to take place at Stellenbosch University on Wednesday This very Wednesday The focal point of discussions will be students' experiences of racism And other forms of discrimination as well On campuses, in lecture halls and in residences We'll revisit the role of business in improving our education system and talk to somebody from Gahiso Trust about this and uh, on psychological matters with Tammy Epstein we'll talk about how married people relate to their spouses friends of the opposite sex we'll also shed light on Ponzi schemes and uh, what to look out for so that you are not duped by these all this and a whole lot more between nine and midday
0: well, thank you very much, uh, Rowena. That's uh, on uh, Morning Talk, 25 minutes uh, to 9. On the forum at 8, why do South African youth avoid taking menial jobs? Catherine Weinbeck, director and founder of Fatula Foundation on the line, as well as loan shopper, a labor economist from Etco. And Catherine, before we uh, broke for the news there, you were still telling us uh, your thoughts.
5: Yes, I was just saying that, um, you know, it's really important that, uh, that the youth and, in fact, the country as a whole uh, works together with business and starts to see uh, business as uh, on the good side, not on the, not, on the, not just a bunch of baddies. Um, you know, I believe that part of, part of the reason that the youth are fearful of stepping into any job is that they uh, a lot of the times they don't know how to do it. They are fearful of this this situation where they believe that uh, you know businesses may be uh, are all bad um and they don 't know how to access it and and I think that so so in addition to perceptions, there are certain ways that we can help the youth uh to step from being unemployed and never having had a job. Being in a situation where they are working
0: Certain ways that uh, we can help The youth uh, will come and explore that uh, Further But uh, Lone what is your take uh, on that Do you think that uh, business needs to be Given as much support as it can So that it can create more jobs
4: You know what uh, Although Mr Mantashi Has some interesting point um, it, it does annoy me because uh, what he's done is raised a theoretical possibility that applies to a very small proportion of job seekers, and he's extrapolated this to our unemployment situation in general, and he's given uh, effectively a diagnosis of our unemployment problem. Uh, certainly you need to look at employees or potential employees and what their attitudes are to work. And at the same time, you need to look at employers and what their desires are for for skills. But the one missing part uh, of this equation is government policy. And there are certainly government policies that uh, inhibit uh, youth job prospects. So I think by deflecting attention, as Mr. Mantashi has done, to youth attitudes toward work is not helpful in the broader debate about what the causes and solutions around unemployment are.
0: Which for government example, policies uh, are you talking about?
4: So for example, um, uh, government grants um, which are paid to youth up to the age of 18, older people, Um, they were intended and I think rightly intended to provide a minimum living standard for people who are most vulnerable. But government grants have had the unintended consequence of um, making people reluctant to seek work because uh, uh, by being employed, you don't qualify for those government grants. If you earn more than 3,000 rand a month, uh, government assistance disappears. Um, another law that uh, that uh, is is preventing young people from finding work is minimum wage laws. Those minimum wages uh, were largely designed to protect older, experienced, and vulnerable people. They were not designed. Uh, as minimum wages for young people who have really no experience to offer employers. So minimum wages have, while they were well-meaning, they've had the unintended consequence of keeping young people um, uh, who would in previous uh, years and decades worked on a very low-paid apprenticeship basis, uh, these minimum wages are keeping youth out of the workforce. So I think uh, it's not helpful to point to youth attitudes um, as as the primary cause of unemployment. We need to look at the government policies, and there are hundreds of them that uh, prevent youth from finding work.
0: Well, let's uh, go to the SMSs uh, now, as uh, we have uh, asked you and invited you to SMS Um, The forum asks SMS, uh, working for less pay is as good as not working given the high cost of transport, fuel and food. Uh, Let those people encourage their relatives to take such jobs. And uh, Spio and KZN says NC leaders are just being opportunistic before the 2014 elections. They want to claim that the NC created a million jobs, but South Africans refuse them. MC in uh, Polokwane says, The reason locals uh, don't do dirty jobs is because we allowed farmers to get away with paying below-pay wages by using illegal foreigners. Nakana Bili at Soweto says, Our youth are just plain lazy and simple They don't believe in hard work I'm still a youth myself And I don't understand why my fellow youth Want all the cozy jobs uh, while they don't even have any relevant skills or qualifications for that job What happened to starting from the bottom and ending up on top? Uh, Joseph de Villiers says uh, My daughter works in England as a domestic servant uh, And she's on the garbage truck There is no problem because work is work Elliot uh, from Whitbank says uh, That is very rich coming from a party that has failed to deal with uh, labour brokers And um, not surprising This is a typical South African way of thinking, entitlement without a corresponding input, and that is uh, from a concerned listener. Manza in Nelsbury says uh, the N.C. of uh, Mantasha are quick to forget that they promised people decent jobs and they've said nothing about qualifications. Let's go to the calls now. Zingisani is uh, Mike in Newlands. You've been holding on for some time, and thank you very much uh, for holding on. Uh, Welcome.
9: Thank you very much. Good was my pleasure. Great show. I just want to say that I can comment on this with some authority. I employed up to 170 people at my peak. And uh, your course, can I ask you to put it in a nutshell? And in a nutshell is we are not giving the respect and credit to the employers that we need to. It seems to me that the youth come into business and they already have a very negative attitude to big business, which is basically caused by the unions who have this employee or the boss and the workers kind of attitude. And Gwenny McTush just, summed up on your radio station now just how far behind and how out of touch the ANC is with the real world and you know until such time as we have a program not called workers on Wednesday but employers on Thursday or employers and, and perhaps workers, employers and bosses on Wednesday we're never going to win this battle because we've got to get the emphasis on the fact that job creation, the person that created the job, which is in my case was me, I created jobs for 170 people yet the unions turned on me and even to the point that the unions who I worked with—I was not an anti-unionist by any means—but the staff got upset because the unions actually sided with me because it was logical to do that because I was not a bad employer. Such was the problem that I faced. And then finally, like the other point I want to make is that, when, uh, um, you know, the way we. Uh, uh, qualified people in this country, are, are qualifications that are coming out of school are just insufficient. Uh, it creates for the worker. Uh, there's a very negative thing to see a guy who's got maths on his certificate, but if he does the test to join my company, he could barely operate a calculator. And we're not giving the emphasis. We need to up our education standards to give the guy, um, the student, uh, the, rather the, the new employee, the, the, the confidence that he needs to, to, to know that he can do better. Because just in conclusion, like... I started off as a driver in my company and I ended up owning it. And all I did was I just looked around and I just made sure I worked harder than the next guy. I don't have any fantastic qualifications, but I wanted to own this company. And I did that because I just worked harder than the next guy. It's not that difficult. I started as a driver.
0: Mike in Newland, sir. Zingsani in Agurulani, welcome.
7: Uh, Good morning, Ike and your guests.
0: Good morning, sir.
7: I want to argue that uh, this notion that the youth of South Africa is not interested in taking menial jobs is a myth. It's a myth because, one, the employers in South Africa are hell-bent on making huge profits at the expense of changing the uh, socio-economic landscape. The youth of South Africa knows its rights. It knows that if I work on a Sunday, this is how much I must be paid. And the employers in South Africa would not want to take that youth because they want to exploit and make more profit. That is why they would take a foreign person who will not question anything, whether he works on a Sunday, whether he works on a holiday. Number two, I'm involved in the construction industry. In the projects that we are doing communities, we are turning away hundreds and hundreds of young people who are prepared to work for the menial, for the menial uh, workers just being a laborer currently I'm involved in a project in Togoza. The people that are working there' South African youth and they are hard workers. It's been about uh, eight months in the project. I've not had even one absentee from that now where where does this thing that uh, youth of South Africa is not interested in menial, menial jobs come.
0: Thank you very much for your input, Mzi, in Limpopo. Hello. Mzi, welcome.
3: Hey, how are you?
0: I'm well, thanks.
3: Thank you very much, Matt. Look, uh, I agree with the, the, the FG of the ANC, with their findings. Look, I'm in the mining industry. You see, the people that are that are working in the mines. The majority of them are old people. Recently we are joined by the youth. The youth unfortunately, uh, Ike, they don't take too long working in the mines. They are the ones that are making a lot of absenteeism at work. You understand what I mean? I agree with the saying that is the youth in this country is not prepared to work, uh, to do a dirty job, or to work in a, a place where they are supposed to work very hard. So that is why I'm saying I agree with that sentiment. And uh, there are so many facts that I can put them, but now, because I'm driving, I don't want to take too long. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much, uh, Tumzi, in uh, Limpopo. Let's go back uh, to. Uh, our guests. Uh, let's start off with you, uh, Catherine. The two quarters uh, that we just said, the two last uh, quarters, decision to be contrasting views. Uh, Zingisa says uh, he's in the construction business. Uh, he's got a project that he's working on. Majority of the people that are doing the dirty and hard work there are the youth, and he hasn't had any absenteeism. But um, Z on the other side, who is in mining, says uh, the opposite.
5: Yeah, that's very interesting, and I'm sure you'll find that all over the country you'll have people with different uh, different viewpoints and in different industries. Um, I think that really maybe what I'd like to speak about is you know what can what are the solutions for this? Because certainly in some areas you've got kids that just don't want to work, and maybe the perceptions of the industry are bad. Um, but what I'd like to do is that I'd like to suggest that as a as a country we focus on um, on case studies. And we focus on sharing stories in the media of people that have worked from the bottom up rather than uh, constantly constantly sharing um, kind of get get rich quick stories where people just suddenly land in uh, land in success overnight because the reality is around the world people have got ahead, starting with whether it 's flipping burgers or picking carrots um, or driving trucks and uh, The thing is that if you want to get ahead and you believe you can get ahead. You, you will just take whatever job it is that uh, helps you to get there. So, you know, maybe the starting point is that we need to help the youth to believe. So we need they need good education and it needs to be a quality education and that education needs to give them the skills and the belief that they can get ahead. And then we need to be providing them the mechanisms to transition from school into work and particularly, as a number of people have said, it's particularly about uh, breaking this barrier of belief that the, that the business is the baddie is and the business is the enemy, because that's not good for anybody.
0: What do we need to do then, Catherine?
5: Um, I, think, I think certainly, I think business, I think government needs to consider changing their attitude to business. They speak too often about business wanting to exploit uh, people or business not creating jobs, you know, and, and really forgetting the fact that unless business, is making a profit. You have to make a profit in order for you to, to remain in, in business. As a business owner, the business has to be working well. People have to be working, otherwise the business fails. And there needs to be a broader recognition of the role that small business owners in particular play. Um, you know, small business owners put themselves out on a limb to care for employees and to create opportunity. And there needs to be a greater recognition of that, uh, that role and, uh, and a greater coming together um, in, in that role. And I think that would certainly be a good starting point.
0: But that, uh, shouldn't that uh, go both ways? Uh, I mean, we, we have uh, big business who obviously have to be profitable for them uh, and uh, to make them viable. But at the same time, uh, you have the rights of workers uh, that also needs to be protected.
5: I want to separate here from big business and small business, okay? The big business is different. They report to shareholders. They're there simply for a profit motive. And I think they should be put to one side. And we need to recognise that 90% of, of new jobs, 90% of new jobs in the last 20 years have been created in businesses that employ less than 50 people. So actually, job creation, the engine of the country, actually comes out of the small business sector, and that's people like myself, um, you know, people like the bakery down the road individuals who actually put their own lives, uh, you know, uh, at stake. They put their own homes on on the line. They put their personal – per, they take a personal risk in, in creating businesses. It's those businesses that are actually the engine of the country, and it's those businesses that need to be cared for a little bit better and they need to be a bit more respect for the, for the work that they do. And, and we really need – there needs to be a greater understanding from school level, from school leavers – on the way up, that actually you know that that business owner that's giving you a job, he's actually on your side, he's not the enemy.
4: Alone? you know uh, the problem of unemployment is uh, looms so large in South Africa. Uh, I think uh, what I take from Mr. Mantashi, um, even though he's talking about a very small part of uh, the labor market, is that there are many innovative ideas there. And we need to find a forum in which all of those ideas can be brought uh, uh, out into the open. I've been calling for some time for a commission of inquiry chaired by a retired labor court judge dealing with the problem of unemployment uh, to get experts and others to air their views uh, and for uh, the commission uh, to come up with solutions which government will then implement. Uh, Unfortunately, we're still in the realm of uh, talking rather than acting, and I think a commission of inquiry which the president would uh, establish and be forced to uh, implement uh, the recommendations of, um, I think a commission is called for at the moment. There's obviously, as Mr. Mantashi said, as Catherine has indicated, very innovative ideas. Um, around uh, job creation, particularly for youth. But we need a, a formal mechanism, like a commission, to sift through what is practical uh, and uh, and uh, separate out the, the valuable ideas, changes to our legal frameworks, uh, which uh, the president should then implement. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the debate in South Africa around employment, and particularly employment of youth, has been hijacked by the trade union federations. Remember, young people joining the workforce represent competition for older, more skilled, and established workers. So it's not a surprise, uh, for example, that trade unions have objected to the youth wage subsidy and to other programs that would introduce youth into the world of work. Um, Because it's not in union members' interests to have large numbers of young people entering the workforce and competing with established worker interests. Uh, We need a formal mechanism that can sift through all of these vested interests Come up with a single plan which that then must be implemented.
0: Now, here is an interesting SMS that just uh, came through. It's uh, from Morakele uh, who says, Let your guests bring facts. Uh, it's an insult to the South African youth who are sending out CVs daily and some are selling their body that they are reluctant uh, to take uh, this kind of jobs. Do you think that uh, it's a premature discussion that we're having uh, without having any scientific understanding on what's happening?
4: I think uh, we are dealing with a very peripheral issue. Reluctance of some youth to work is not the major cause of unemployment in South Africa. So Gwedi Mantashi has plucked an idea from his mind and presented this in the format of a diagnosis of our unemployment problem. So we need to reach the core of our unemployment problem. We need to reach a sophisticated diagnosis. We need to talk about the education system that is failing and the role of teachers' unions in it.
0: Well, we I'm, pressed, to... uh, I'm pressed for time alone. Let me just take uh, the callers we have been holding on for some time. Yaj in Cape Town, welcome.
10: Uh, good morning, Ike. You know, we've reached an impasse uh, in the debate on, on this problem, and the only solution, long term, and which can be implemented even in the short term, is our universal basic income. That means we need to top up people's wages. All citizens are entitled to this basic income, the unemployed and the employed. It will top up their wages. It will raise the bar for the level of wages people will be paid in this country, because people have to be incentivized to work, and that's very important for the morale of workers, and it's also good for business because it raises aggregate demand for goods and services. It's, it's good for the economy. And we need public banks to be able to invest in uh, infrastructure, especially renewable energy and uh, public transport, etc. And we need public banks to do
0: that. in Cape Town, thank you, Kaya. You are in Hofmeyer. Welcome.
10: Hi, Kalaik. How are you?
0: Well, thanks. How are you, Kaya?
3: Thanks, First, thanks for taking the course. I, I don't want to dispute everything in this debate, but I just want to raise one point. I am in the Christianity district, in the area called Hofmeyer. I, I, I want to say to the country today that it depends which, where are these people that we are talking about. Because where I'm staying, where I'm staying in Hofmeyer, we've got about 80% of young people participating in a program called cetap p And there they're getting 520 for eight days. And to me, to to, to them, they are very happy. You can think that they are working on a full-time basis. So the aspect that I wanted to raise here, Aparag, is that it depends which people are talking to the thing. I'm sure it's a very small margin of people who does not want to work. Youth is not choosing any job today, because there is no jobs enough for everyone.
0: Kaya, in uh, Hoffme, you are in Mamilori. Thank you for holding on.
6: Oh, thanks, Aparag. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on this issue of unemployment. You, You know... Uh, I've been working uh, in Kenton Park recently. I, this thing of uh, saying that uh, youth uh, doesn't want to work here, uh,
10: I, I, I think it's not true. You know, uh, I've been working there. Uh, it uh, it seemed like uh, it's uh, it's the same thing.
3: All these people are saying that uh, you know employers are taking advantage of the people. They want to ex- exploit people, and even if you are working.
0: Are you still there, Sam? Looks like we have uh, lost uh, Sam. But let's uh, go back uh, to uh, uh, Catherine Weinbeck. Take uh, closing comments uh, from you and uh, your views on the calls that we've had and the SMSs as well.
5: Uh, Thank you. Um, I think it's a a very useful debate. I certainly think that the major problem is that there's too many people out there. There's too many people looking for work and not enough uh, work that's being created. I think the jobs fund uh, projects are making some dent in that and, uh, and the perception of uh, preparedness, uh, you know, helping people, young people to be prepared for the workplace is very, uh, is very valuable. Um and, uh, no, I think that, I think it's a, it's, it's a multifaceted problem. It starts with education. Um it certainly is important that the economy is growing and businesses are growing and I think that if we focus on that, making sure that we can help the businesses to grow, to create more opportunities, um, and uh, you know, then there's more jobs for people to step into.
0: Catherine Weinbeck, Director and Founder of the Tula Foundation, thank you for joining us uh, this morning. Lona Sharpa, your closing uh, comments.
4: I'm very pleased that uh, a senior politician has ventured into the argument around unemployment and its causes. I hope that uh, it stimulates further debate at the senior level. I think these innovative ideas and um, uh, are interesting and important. Um, I hope this discussion continues
0: Thank you very much Lone Shop Labor Economist from AdCorp And thanks to the uh, uh, Secretary General of the NC for joining us uh, earlier Thanks uh, to you as well for calling through And sending those SMS's My thanks also to the team Tracy Boomgat, Misho Shandale Ntsuakiku and uh, Gwanzagi Lentati our uh, senior producer, Lungile Mabaso and you, Mabaso technical producer, Mark Prella forum producers, Ronald Piri and Jake Mukoma chief producer, Buzilukoto, executive producers, Busi Chane and Obrisu Chie. I'm Mike Pata, back again tomorrow morning between 6 and 9 for Tepisa Makweta have a wonderful day and Morning Talk is up next, cheers, bye